All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the Word tonight. Get into the Word. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open your Bibles to 2 Timothy 2.13. 2 Timothy 2.13. Tonight, uh, what I want to talk with you about is God is faithful. God is faithful. And this, um, uh, the style, the subject of this matter, I mean, of, of this word is a word of exhortation. It's going to be a word of encouragement to simply remind us that God is faithful. You know, uh, because that's one thing that the enemy would want us very easily to forget of who God is, uh, who God wants to be in us, what he has already done for us, what he continues to do for us, because life in itself can throw a lot of curveballs. And you can get curveballs by loving Jesus with all of your heart. You can love Jesus. You can serve God with all of your heart. And it just seems like you are just being a punching bag. Do you ever feel like that? It's like, man, I love God. I serve God. But I'm just, I feel like I'm just being attacked and, and, and punched. Okay. And, um, so this is just simply a word of encouragement. Okay. So look to somebody next to you and say, we hope you get encouraged. All right. Uh, last week, Pastor Brandon had, had spoke about the principles of communion and uh, on regarding the Lord's Supper. And he mentioned that in honor of our founding pastor, he, uh, Brother Francis Martin, he had taught one of his messages. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25, it says, The Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Look, somebody next to you say remembrance. I'm going to continue. In the same way, he took the cup of wine and supper, saying this cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. And then he says it again, do this in remembrance of me. Now, God is faithful. He's faithful in all generations, in all seasons of life, and in all situations. And you say, okay, Dixie, why did you go back and you read that scripture? Because our life begins by what Jesus did on the cross. And even though it was 2,000 years ago, we need to remember that's where our, our new life, that's where the new promise, the new covenant, where we began to experience our new life in Jesus, and we need to remember it every single day. Because whenever we go through those, those challenging moments of, of doubt in our minds, whether we go through those challenging moments of confusion, Lord, I see that you're changing. I see that there's a shift going on in my life, but I'm not quite sure what you want me to do or where you want me to go. Lord, let me just remind you something. God is still speaking today. That is vital for us to know. Because just as I'm, com I'm communicating to you, God has created us as relational beings. And if I just stood up here, And we did that for the next 40 minutes. At one point in time, as gracious as y'all are, y'all would be like, well, if you're not going to say nothing, I'm going to get up and walk out. I mean, in, in all rea reality. Because we're relational beings, we were, we, were, we were created to communicate, to think, to project, to respond. And God, who is our creator, is a relational God. And so, and it's important for us to know that because if we're not hearing his voice, it's not an indicator that he's not speaking. It's an indicator, okay, what is happening in my life? Am I discouraged? Am I uh, doubting? Am I isolating myself from the church? Am I isolating myself because I'm to the point of I just can't handle it anymore? See, God still speaks. But you and I have to position ourselves. We have to remember what he did for us. He's already done the work, but he's given us a free will to we have to remember it. We have to think about it. We have to speak it. We have to meditate on who he is, who he's going to be, and who he wants to be in my life. Does that make any sense? And so God is faithful to all generations and seasons of life in every situation. He is a faithful comfort. He is a faithful healer. He's our faithful guide. And he is our faithful strength. You know, I thought it was cool that when Pastor Brandon gave that uh, 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 Pastor uh, Francis's message, um, it was still life and powerful. I'm not even sure when Brother Francis uh, wrote that message. But it was still life. It was still practical. It was still powerful today. Why? Because it's the word of God. 
And there's life in the Word of God. Hebrews 13, 18 says, Jesus Christ is the same day yesterday, today, and forever. Have you ever had a Bible character? And as you're reading about the Bible character, you just get stirred up. You just get inspired. There are certain Bible characters that do that to me. When I hear about Moses, I just get excited. When I hear about David, I just get excited. When I hear about Jesus, I just get excited. Well, even those from David to Moses to Daniel, let me give you a reminder. The same God that they served is the same God that you and I serve. The same God that parted the Red Sea when Moses was like, Lord, I'm going to need some help here. You've called me. You sent me here. I'm going to need your strength. It is impossible for us to move any, move forward. That same God that parted the Red Sea, that same God that called Moses, that same God that met with Moses one-on-one is that same God that you and I serve, that you and I can speak to, that you and I can call to. That same God that when Daniel was in the lion's den, come on, if you grew up in church, you know a lot of these stories. When Daniel was in the lion's den, now let's just talk. How many of you, you've had some traumas, you've had some trials, but I want you to think, lion's den. Lion, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level. We can feel oppression. We can feel trials. We can feel like, Lord, I, 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 I can't do this on my own. Daniel faced that. But he called on God, the same God that shut the mouth of the lion, the same God that parted the Red Sea, is the same God that you and I have access to by the work that he did on the cross, by the work that he did on the cross. Do you find, I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you find yourself stuck in a rut? Do you find yourself needing fresh vision and guidance for yourself and for your family? Do you find yourself weary, exhausted, emotionally and physically fatigued due to the challenges of life? And you need his strength, his comfort, and his healing. This is what his word says in 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, we do not believe and are untrue to him. He remains faithful. I'm going to read it. He remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Man, I'm so glad whenever I wake up in the morning and I mean doubt or or weariness, Our confusion is just wanting to try to grip me. Oppression is just wanting to try to attach itself to me. That does not determine if God's going to be faithful to me. Aren't you so glad? How many of you have children and sometimes they can just get a little bit testy or just have a little bit bad attitude? You don't say, hey, I'm tired of loving you. I can't deal with you anymore. And you walk out the door. You give them a little space, go back to them. Come on, let's talk about it. Let's revisit it. What's going on? That is the approach that God has with us because he knows that we're going to face those trials. He knows that we're going to face trauma. He knows that we are going to face things that are absolutely out of our control, that are humanly impossible to do. And he says, I got it. I made a covenant with Abraham. I made the covenant. I made the promise. Abraham was asleep. I put him to sleep intentionally because I knew it would be impossible for man to keep his word because a man's going to have some serious trials. Man's going to have some serious situations. But I made a promise, no matter what attitude you wake up in the morning with, no matter what circumstances you face, no matter what heavy and conflict and disappointment and betrayal that you face with, I am still here. I am still faithful. My word is still moving and active and alive on your behalf. I still love you unconditionally. Man, I love that. I love that. Because one of the things that strengthens a relationship, when you go to call on somebody and you know that you can count on them, there's something special about that. You know, how many of you have a friend, and no matter what situation, you could be off in Mamu, stuck in a ditch, on a flat tire, 2 a.m. in the morning, and you know that you can call that friend. And when you call that friend, their response isn't going to be, man, what you what now? Their response will be, hey, I'm here. You know, you have that kind of friend. That friend that, that, that their attitude is always concerned about your well-being. Their attitude is always concerned about how can I help you? 
their attitude, even whenever you know that you're calling on them, you know that you're calling on them and, and they're going to have to rearrange their schedule, but their attitude is whatever I can do to help. And you even feel bad. I know this is, I, I just need this. I know it's going to take your time. And they're like, don't even worry about it. I'm here. They have that faithful, dependable, reliable attitude. That's what God is saying here. And I know that there are going to be times where you're going to doubt. I know that there are going to be times where you're just going to want to say, I'm done. And it's not that you don't love God. It's not that you don't believe in God. But all of your energy, all of your strength that you possibly have within you, you can't handle anymore. And God knew that whenever he made that covenant with Abraham. And he says, your faithfulness does not determine my faithfulness if you are able. I love you. I'm going to be here for you. God's faithfulness is not like man's faithfulness. God's faithfulness is holy. God's faithfulness is unconditional, unwavering love for you. It's not in it, okay, what you going to do for me? Which, okay, if I go run this errand for you, what you going to do for me? You going to watch the kids at 5 o'clock? Okay, if I do this, you know, am I going to be able to get off work a little bit early because I helped you out, you helped me out, I help, you know? You know, kind of wheel and deal? No. God said, I love you. I'll be here for you. Call me anytime you want about anything, any situation. Even though you've already brought it to me before, I want to hear what's on your heart. I want to hear. This is a cool thing about God. He says, come to him boldly to the throne of grace. Whenever we have our, as, as it's been said, our hurts, our habits, and our hangups, God doesn't want us to run away. Because the only way that we're going to find the comfort, the strength, the guidance that we need is in his faithful and loving arms. No, he's a loving God. Faithful, the definition for faithful is a heart that never fails to keep his promise and is always in action to perform his word. Second, excuse me, Second Thessalonians 3, 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will make you strong and guard you from the evil one. So there's three things I'd like for us to look at tonight. Three very simple things. You know, don't have to make things complicated. Just three, three simple things. Three voices of encouragement. Three voices of encouragement. One, the Word of God. Two, the Holy Spirit. And three, the church. These are the avenues that God uses to encourage us. These are the avenues that God uses to remind us of who he is. These are the avenues that God uses, you know, uh, to be that Aaron, that Ur to hold us up. First one, the voice of, uh, the voice of encouragement, the word of God. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 in the Amplified Version, it says, For the word of God... For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than the two-edged sword, penetrating to the, to the dividing line of the breath of life and the soul and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and of the marrow, of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. The reason why I chose the Amplified Version because I wanted you to see it's alive. When we speak it, when we think it, when we declare it over our minds, it's moving, it's, it, it's breaking. It, whenever you, if you begin to doubt, if you, if your mind is beginning to, to be worn down with fear or, or, or to be like, okay, Lord, I know, I, I see that you, you have a purpose and you have a plan for my life, but I'm just not seeing it. I, I'm stuck. I'm just not seeing it. When you began to speak the word of God over your life, when you began to speak the word of God over your mind, even though you might not see what is happening, there's the natural realm and there's a spiritual realm, even though you might not see it, there is power and life in the word of God that is moving and acting on your behalf. You know? And, um, and so that's why it's, you know, it's like we, sometimes we try to, uh, Lord, I want you to do something big in my life. Lord, I have this issue I want you to resolve. And he said, okay, great. Start with, he, start with this. And sometimes the, the enemy in his conniveness would want us to, okay, we need a, a, a big plan for a big problem. No, you need to start with the word of God. 
Start with the word of God. It's life. It's powerful. You know? Hebrews 4, 12, in the New Living Translation, for the word of God is full of living power. Full of living power. We could have discouragement operating in our lives that maybe was passed down from a thought that was, that was planted in our minds from a bad experience in our childhood. We could have a, th- we could have a pattern of thoughts that was placed in our minds due to, uh, bad experiences in school or in a workplace. And when we began to speak the word of God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, strengthens me. Any darkness that tries to grip our mind, the word of God will expose it and will break it off of you. There's power. The word of God says every knee, every knee must bow and every knee, every knee must bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When the word of God is being spoken, it's like someone smacking. And I'll just say smacking. I got a visual picture of that. I need some boxing gloves. Children's ministry is coming out. But, um, it's like someone going and just smacking the tar right out of the devil, but you don't even see it. You've just been wondering, why am I dealing with this at work? Why am I dealing with this in my home? Why do I feel this way? I know God. I believe in God. I trust God. But where is this right coming from? Open your mouth, my friends, and began to declare the word of God over the situation, over yourself, over your family, even over those, even over your enemies. Declare the word of God over them. Because what you cannot see is being moved, it's power and life is, is God is uh, enacting through the power of his word on your behalf. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Okay. I love in Psalm 119, 103 through 105. How sweet are your words to my taste. They are sweeter than the honey. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. Is that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. First Peter 1 25 says, but the word of the Lord stands forever. But the word of the Lord stands forever. There was a scripture that I had. Oh, here we go. Romans 16, 25 through 26 says, God is able to make us strong just as the good news says. It is the message about Jesus Christ and his plan for you Gentiles. A plan kept secret from the beginning of time, but now as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all of Gentiles everywhere so that they might believe and obey God. This scripture is saying, as we begin to hear the word of God, as the word of God begins to open our minds by the revelation of the Holy Spirit of who God is, how he wants to move and impact our life, it will cause us to be strong and stable and endure. The circumstances might not change, but your perspective and your attitude will. Because just, I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing. And we will face things that the only way that we'll be able to stand is through the power and the promises of the word of God. His word is forever. All right. If you'll turn your Bibles to Jeremiah 1, 4 through 17. And I encourage as you get to the house, just go ahead and just read that. Um, Many times in Jeremiah, we'll take different, uh, uh, the beginning parts of the verses of Jeremiah, and we'll kind of focus on that. But I just want to do a quick little recap of Jeremiah uh, so that we can apply some of these principles to our, our lives. So we, uh, three voices of encouragement. One is the word of God. That's what we're still in. Jeremiah 1, uh, 4 through 17. Uh, in the beginning of Jeremiah, from Jeremiah uh, 1 through 5, uh, you hear the, the dialogue and the conversation that many of us have, have read and that we have heard before. And it's... Um, And the Lord gave me a message and he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. And then Jeremiah began to say, hold on just a moment, Lord. He knew what that meant. He hold on. Let's recap. And God immediately, and he he began to kind of argue with the word. Don't we just do that sometimes? Um, I'm too young. Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I need you to change your mind. Because basically what God was saying in this particular time, God would, God would speak through prophets. And he was saying, Jeremiah, 
before you were created in your mother's womb, I called you. I created you and I appointed you to be a spokesman, to be a prophet. But, but Jeremiah's assignment was to be a prophet. Uh, he, God was calling him to rebuke and correct Israel or Jerusalem at this time. Okay. And just to let them know, listen, God has seen your disobedience and you're, it's done because he loves you. Um, uh, you cannot have false gods. You cannot have false uh, uh, idols. But not only did God use him to correct Jerusalem, but also uh, Babylonians and Egyptians and Chaldeans uh, through through over 40 years. You know, and so if you're in a state and, and you're in what God has called you to do in Jeremiah and is to be God's messenger and it's to bring correction and it's to say, hey, you cannot have any other gods but uh, God, the one and only true God, people aren't going to like you. And he was feeling this. And, and, uh, the prophet Jeremiah, um, the, throughout scripture, it says he, he would, he would, he would go through discouragement. Okay. But, um, listen to what the Lord said as God was preparing him for what he was calling him to do. Verses nine, Jeremiah one, verses nine, the Lord touched my mouth and said, see, I have put my words into your mouth. And then if you read verse, let's jump up a little bit, verse 8. And I will be with you and take care of you. I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and against kingdoms. And then this is, this is key. Jeremiah 1.12. And the Lord said to me, you have seen very well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God had given Jeremiah two pictures and two visuals of, of how fast uh, God was going to move in his life and what God was going to do in that particular time in history. And Jeremiah's like, Lord, I, I don't, I don't understand how you're going to do this. But God was assuring Jeremiah, listen, things that are, the wars that are going to take place, the idolatry that's going to take place, it's not going to shock me. It's not going to surprise me. I just want you to know that I'm still God and I'm still here with you. And I want you to do what I've called you to do. And he says, I have put my words in your mouth. And then we'll drop down to verse 17. He says, now get up and get dressed. Go out and tell them whatever I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you immune to their attacks. You are strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. Then we drop down at verse 19. Then God repeats himself again, for I am with you and I will take care of you. Jeremiah's specific calling was to be a prophet uh, uh, amongst uh, in Israel. And the word in that particular time of what was going on in history because the children of Israel were rebellious was going to bring correction. But the word that God gave him was, I'm with you. The word that God gave him is, if you do what I tell you to do, I will make you strong. That word is reflecting the character and nature of God that is available for all of God's children. When we take his word and we rest it on our tongue, when we take his word and we process it in our mind, when we think and we dwell and we speak on his word, we will be the ones that will stand like that iron pillar or that bronze wall. That no matter what we face, we're not going to, we're not going to waver in our faith. We're not going to fall apart, but we're going to be stable and we're going to be steady. You know? So one, the voice of encouragement is one through the word of God. Number two, the voice of encouragement is by Three, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You and I have access and assurance of the Holy Spirit. And that is how, because you and I have access to go into the Holy, to go and, and, and have fellowship and have communion with the Holy Spirit by the work that Jesus did on the cross. That is where we can be encouraged. You ever go to a friend's house and they just, they just by looking at you, if they're a good friend, they know something's going on. You can try to, you can try to cover up the boudet face. You can try to, you know, okay, guys, we're getting, even, this is a cool thing. Even people on, whenever you come on church, for whatever reason, okay, guys, everybody be good. You know, everybody put on your, your happy face. You know, it's amazing. 
even the people that we know and that we love, sometimes whenever we get in their presence, it's like we try to be strong for them. So let's put a facade on a different face. Does that make any sense? And it's like, hold on just a moment. Hold on just a moment. God has given us access into his presence because he wants us to have an authentic relationship with him. But we don't have to put on the facade. Like if we're feeling like this, and then we go into, and then we're around people, we're like, but inside, we are being torn up. We're being torn up by the relationship conflicts that we're having in our life. We're being torn up by stress going on in our life. We're being torn up by the bad doctor's report that we just got. We do not need to be strong for God. He is our help in time of need. He is our strength. He is our strong tower. And as uh, as we have access to the Holy Spirit, John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I love the amplified version. It says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and someone to stand by you that he may remain with you forever. Man, put that on a t-shirt, you know? If you began to advertise, hey, man, I have a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, an advocate, a strengthener, uh, someone who's going to stand by with me forever. I'm telling you, people with a question mark, people wouldn't want to say, who is that? Because all of us have a core longing to have this operating in our lives, in our lives. Psalm 95, 2, it says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. One, we have access. We have access by the work that Jesus did on the cross, but also we have the assurance that when we come into his presence, the Holy Spirit reminds us of his guarantee that we belong to him, that we are his children the comfort and inner strength that we can only get in his presence, that God cannot fail us. God cannot fail us. Look to somebody next to you. Find, look them deep in the eye and say, God cannot fail you. He cannot fail you. Romans 8, 14 through 16. It says, for his Holy Spirit speaks deep to us in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, and since we are his children, we will share his treasures for everything God gives to his son. Son Christ is ours too. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, it says, you are members of God's family. We are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, through him, you Gentiles are also joined together as part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So a couple of things. Not only do we have access not only does he want us to come and be transparent so that we can have a authentic, uh, authenticity in our relationship with him, but it affirms us and assures us that we belong to him. We belong to him. You know, no matter what your day was like, no matter what you faced, no matter what you, you went through, God has created us to know that we are a part of a family. If you haven't had a chance to go through our next steps class, um, this Sunday, uh, we're going to be doing it. Uh, we are doing an expounding teaching on the importance and benefits of having a church family. And so if you would like to, um, be a part of that class, you're just welcome to come on in anytime after the nine or 11 a.m. service. And we're going to expound on what it means to, um, be a part of the family of God and the importance of it. Okay. All right. So one, the voices of encouragement, the word of God Two, the voices of encouragement, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Three, the voices of encouragement, the church, the church. I want you to look around, just look, look around some faces that you might know and some faces that you might not know. We're just going to take a scan over the room. If I was to ask you, to raise your hand if you've been through a trial or a trauma and God has been faithful to carry you through it. Raise your hand. Now look around. Look around. Keep your hand raised. God speaks through his word. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. 
but he also speaks through his church to encourage us. Okay? You can put your hands down. Because if you're going through a trial now, if you're going through some discouragement now, I promise you there's someone in this room, if they're not walking through it already or if they've already walked out of it, they know exactly what you're going through. And God uses the church as that family, as that body, to bring encouragement to us. Revelations 12, 1, it says, And they defeated him, the enemy, because of the blood of the Lamb and because of their testimony. That is key right there. The enemy would want to bring condemnation and would want to isolate us from connecting to the church. Because it's the very avenue that God has in place by his word and by his spirit, but the church for connection but for encouragement. For connection and for encouragement. Hebrews 10, 23-24, it says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledge, and our acknowledge of it. For who, who he promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. And let us consider and give attentive and give attentive continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we can studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Another version of that is encouraging each other all the time. That is how God, that is how God will operate to bring encouragement to us. Because remember, He's a relational God. And the same Spirit, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that lives inside of you. And God, one thing that is so cool about God is that is that uh, when your children come and give you a hug, not only does it, but you have senses, you know, and it, it does something to your heart, whether you're an aunt or an uncle or, or a parent or if you're a grandparent and that baby comes and they just give you a hug, it does something to your heart because you and I were created to have that relational connection. And so that is one of the purposes of the church so that whenever you have days of, man, I just don't know if I can do this again. I've, I, we have been through this over and over again. Man, I'm just sick and tired. Anybody ever, I'm just sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I'm saying? And we need the encouragement of the church. We have his word to remind us of where he's brought us, what he's done on our behalf, and where he's going to continue to bring us. We have the Holy Spirit that we have access to where we can be comforted. We can hear his voice. We can experience him personally. By his spirit, because his spirit dwells within us. But then we have the church where we can look at someone eyeball to eyeball and say, man, it's been rough today. Man, I just need to go and laugh a little bit. Man, I just need, let's go have some fun. Let's go fishing, you know, or let's go bowl. Let's, let's argue in, in our culture, let's go grab something to eat. You know, let's have that fellowship. That's the church. That's the church. You know? Um, if you're, if you are not or are, are engaged in being part of a life group, we encourage you. That's why they're there. We have life groups that you know what they do? They just play games and then they laugh. That's, that is just as important if you're going to go to a life group and you're going to study, uh, do a study on the voice of God or, or, or whatever. All of them are equally important because it's connecting and, and, and having the fellowship, the encouragement. Because what happens whenever you're encouraged? The atmosphere changes. Your attitude changes. The perspective changes. It literally will improve your health. Because if you're encouraged, stress is going to go down in your life. So therefore, that's going to affect your blood pressure. It's going to affect a whole bunch of other things. You know, it's not just... Uh, um, um, encouragement is just as vital as anything else. Okay. So again, three voices of three voices of encouragement, one, the word of God two, the Holy spirit and three, the church. Okay. Now what I'd like to do right now is we're going to do something a little bit different. Y'all okay with that? And, and we're closing. Okay. This is the closing part of the message. It's a three minute takeaway. Look to somebody next to you say three minute takeaway. This, this takeaway, this is your application. 
We're going to hone it in. We're going to bring it down. I'd like for you to write down this scripture. Uh, Doug, if y'all can put the scripture, uh, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, the New Living Translation up on the screen. Wow. Go ahead, Doug. And um, if you can, I don't know if you can, if you can only do it by verse by verse, but um, I'd like for you to write Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 down. And this is our takeaway. Okay. And, and, I, and I intentionally say three minutes. Okay. Because this is an exercise that you can do at home. You can do in the car. You can do in the grocery store. You can do in school. You can do in work. Okay. Three minute takeaway. Okay. One is the word of God. So what do you see? What do you mean about the word of God? If you will graciously just stand to your feet. We're going to do our three-minute takeaway visual. Just go ahead and stand to your feet. They're supposed to come out here. This is this is planned. We're not crazy, okay? This is our three-minute takeaway. This is our application. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I'm going to read the scripture. But whenever you're reading a scripture, I encourage you to personalize it. The word of God is for you and I. It's that life for you and I. Okay. It's that, it's that, it's that sweet honey. It's that, it's that lamp into our feet, a light into our path. Okay. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 says, this is Paul speaking. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you, you mighty inner strength through his spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This is the application. I encourage you to take that scripture, post it somewhere, and everywhere it says you are your, you speak your name right there. You speak your name. You do it like this. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, that Dixie, that Dixie might have his mighty inner strength by his spirit. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in Dixie's heart as Dixie trusts in him. I'm taking the truth of the word of God. I am I'm declaring it in my mind. It's processing. I'm speaking it out of my mouth. It's going out and it's doing what it's supposed to do. Because God's word says, I am watching over my word to perform it. God called Jeremiah, he knew exactly what he was going to face. He knew he was going to face rejection. He knew he was going to face betrayal. He knew he was going to face heartbreak. But he says, my word is going to be on your mouth. My word is going to cause you to stand like a mighty city. And I'm watching over my word. I'm watching over it. In other words, I can't fail you. If I said I'll never leave you or forsake you, I meant it. If I said, I'm your great physician, I'm your healer, call on me and I will answer you, I meant it. When I said, I'm the God of restoration in that marriage, in that relationship, he says, I meant it. I'm watching over to do exactly what I said. So I'm going to just grace, I'm going to ask you graciously as I read this scripture and as it gets to a point where it says you, I would like for you to speak your name. Can you do that? Come on, let's declare the word of God over us. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give, that's right, mighty inner strength through his spirit. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as trust in him. May roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love and may have the power to understand as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is, may experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, we'll never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. 
Speak the word. Declare it over your life. And this is a good principle. You can do the same thing over the lives of your children. You can do the same thing over the lives of your grandchildren. They're not even born yet. Because there's life and power in the word of God. Take away one, the word of God. Take away two, the spirit. What did the word say? It says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful nose to him, him, and sing a song of praise. So the way that we become encouraged is we tap into declaring God as my Lord and Savior. The way we build up our spirit man, that core, that life source within us, is we surrender and say, God, I know it's been a rough day, but God, you are still on the throne. And I love you. And I need you. And I need you to comfort me. So what we're going to do, we're going to do what we call a three-minute takeaway. We just declared the word. Now we're going to have a time where it's you and the Lord to worship him. And I encourage you, I encourage you, worship him. Whatever trial you're facing, whatever discouragement you are going through, whatever situation, if you if you need some wisdom, if you're stuck in a rut, you know, look, I love God, I need God, but I need this rut broken. I want you to worship him as if you're doing spiritual warfare. I want you to worship him. I want you to get a mental picture in your mind as if you got boxing gloves on and you are beating the tar out of the in your mind as you are stepping on the head of the devil because you are children of the most high God and God wants you to know that he is faithful he loves you he values you you can call on him anytime anywhere no matter what it is he will never leave you he is the same God yesterday today and forever and the same God that raised Lazarus from the dead is the same God that will bring restoration and healing and grace upon your life
the Word. One was the Spirit. Worship Him. The third is the church. We're going to do a takeaway. Are you ready? I'm going to give you some instructions. I want you to look around the room. And I want you to gather. Before you just, before, in just a moment, I'm going to give you some clear instructions. I want you to partner up with two to four people. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to introduce yourself with a smile. Hi, how are you? Good evening. It's good to see you. Number three, I want you to sincerely ask them what's going on in your world. Then pause to listen to them and give them a chance to respond. Introduce yourself. Ask what's going on in the world. Give them eye eye contact to look directly at them. Let them know you care. Position your posture with authenticity. You have my full attention. And then I want you to ask them, how can I pray with you? How can I pray with you? You said, oh, Dixie, that makes me a little nervous. That's okay. When we're in a group, I'll say a general prayer and you just stand in agreement with me. Are you ready? We got it. Because if we hear the word and we don't do a takeaway, we have to apply the principles of the word in our lives. Take away one, read the word, speak on the word. Come on, declare the word over your life, personalize it. Take away two, worship God in spirit and in truth. You got to create that time for your spirit, man. If your bones are dry, it's because the spirit is crying out, I need you to spend some time with me. Okay? And number three, you got to get connected with the church. That's not just coming and sitting and having a nice pee right there. No, we want to know your name. We want to know, hey, did you just leave the hospital with a bad report? You know, did you have a rough day at the office? Did you receive what's going on in your world? We want authenticity with some depth in, in, in the relationship. So are you ready for the third challenge? Look to somebody next to you and say, you can do this. You can do this. I'm going to ask you, please don't run out the building before you do this last step. Okay? All right. Leaders, look around. And if no, if someone's just standing there, oh, Lord, somebody please come over here. Leaders, take the initiative and go over there. Okay? Look, there's leaders up here. Worship team. You, listen, listen. This is your ch- worship team. This is your challenge. If nobody is connected. Matter of fact, we're going to do this. I just got a revelation right now. On the count of three, not you guys because y'all are playing. Uh, Mr. Nathan, you go ahead. Worship team, get ready on the count of three. Put down that mic and we're going to run and we're going to do the same thing in the crowd, okay? So one, introduce yourself. What's going on in your world? Pause, listen, make eye talk. Posture yourself with authenticity to hear what they have to say. And we're going to pray over them. Are you ready for the third takeaway? Get set, go. Come on, connect. Come on, leaders. Get two or three people. Go to somebody that you don't know. Go to people that you do know. Say, hey, what's going on in your world? What's going on in your life? I care for you. How can I pray with you? How can I stand with you? How can I encourage you? I love you. You got two minutes to do this. Truth of your word, Lord God, would stir up with inside of them and they would be encouraged.
encouraged. May hope be infused to them. May hope rest on them that you will never leave them or forsake them. Father God, we thank you and we worship you for meeting with us tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Church, we love you.